Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Barker. I appreciate your introduction. Always so good every week. That's because it's a recording, but that's okay. He's just repeatably good. Hi, <laughs> listen, I thank you for uh, for joining us today. Uh, for those of you who are not on our mailing list, uh, I do apologize. The last minute, literally, Dr. Sebastian Gorka's publicity uh, person, Claire, um, Send me an email. Obviously, email. If if you want to get a hold of me, email is not the way to do it. But that's how they have to do it. Um, I think he has a TV thing that came up that he was able to do, and uh, so we we were going an entirely <laughs> we were going a uh, an t- entirely different direction. Uh, but uh, you know, we're glad to have you. Hey, welcome to chat. Um, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Chat is a uh, a cool place. And, um, also, you know, how, how did you learn about us? I know this, I see some guests in there, uh, guests one, 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 two, and one, 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 five. Tell us how you learned about the show. Um, I would appreciate it. Uh, that helps us know if we're doing stuff right. Or if somebody told you about it, we always want to thank them. So today is, uh, today's kind of a, a, a wild day because we were, you know, like I said, we were, we were so plugged in, to one direction, uh, not the band, not the band. So here's uh, here's something that I'm going to do. I did it today, sort of a last minute thing before I heard about this, and I still want to do it. Um, so uh, Dr. Gorka, he's going to be on Tuesday. You say, but you're not on Tuesday. <laughs> no, no, no. I really, I'm going to do a special. <laughs> People are sending me messages, dude. Do you remember that you're not good with calendaring? Did you just actually book the guy for Tuesday? You don't usually do a show on Tuesday. Well, we could do a show seven days a week, two hours a day. That's not a problem any time of the day uh, with the contract we have. So we're going to do a special show. And this special show uh, is going to be at 4 p.m., same same as we always do, 4 p.m. Um, and then uh, we want to... You know, we'll have them on, and, and they'll probably be actually be on. It's funny because thank you, Jerry from PA. He says you're better than Dr. Gorka anyway. I don't know, man. That guy's pretty awesome. Plus, he has that interesting accent. You know, you, you know, I can fake that accent, but he's got it for real. But a really good guy, and and I appreciate him being willing to reschedule. Uh, they were very eager to do that. So next Tuesday, mark your calendars if you use a calendar. Uh, next Tuesday, we will be glad to to have you join us and we'll be able to market it in advance. Um, 
it's one of those things, you know, you just, I don't normally have guests for this reason, um, just because when they bail on you, I guess you guys, you guys might remember when I was supposed to have uh, a retired Navy SEAL on God bless him. He wrote a book. Uh, unfortunately, the book's not doing great, but a nice guy. And, uh, and I, I knew his wife from Center for Self-Governance. And, um, and so essentially, you know, it was the day of the show and I had built a show kind of around him and, and last second they called up and said, look, our, you know, we just, we can't be on the show. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he didn't actually even say it. He had his wife call. And so I said, well, what do you mean? It's, it's show day shows in a couple hours. And, uh, so what ends up happening is, um, thank you, Jerry. Jerry says he has, he has a better, uh, he, he is a better press agent, uh, Dr. Gorka, than I do. So that's very nice of you. <sighs> yeah, he's a sharp guy. I mean, he, he's an incredible writer and an incredible speaker. So we were really excited. Uh, so what happens with this Navy SEAL book is he, by the way, if you're just tuning in, it's the Collision of Faith and Politics. And this is the Ninja Pastor, Dr. Sean Greener. And I'm glad that you joined us. Um, so uh, the guy, I'm not going to say his name because I'm, you know, I, I don't have any animus toward him, but. The, the reason why he canceled last second through his wife was he said that it, the publicist in review and, and the publisher of his book in review of my show felt like it was too controversial. And I was really surprised, you know, I said, wow, really for a Navy SEAL? <laughs> I'm not really heard of, I'm not really, I know a lot of Navy SEALs. I'm friends with a whole lot of them, both retired and active and, Ooh, I have never heard that come out of a Navy SEAL, you know, so, but for the publisher, it was, ah, I'm drinking, you know what I'm drinking today? Watermelon water. It's actually cold pressed juiced watermelon. It's got all these things in it. Hopefully it'll help keep me upright today. So, well, we'll see if we can't get through this, but you, you guys know me, I always have a little something to talk about. And so that's no different today. So on Tuesday, you want to be here. This is the thing that I'm going to, um, this is what I'm going to uh, do. And I think it's kind of a cool thing. I just thought of it. I have a lot of people that are so kind to help me with research and all of that. And uh, I'm, I'm really thankful. So many people are so helpful. But what I'd like to do uh, in preparation for, I have a bunch of questions for Dr. Gorka, but I thought it might be fun because everybody said to me, you know, when you get him on, you know, you, you got to really give him time, you know, not, not like a seven or 12 minute segment, which on television and most radio interviews is, is a seven to 12 minute segment. Those are the longer ones. A lot of them are even shorter than that. So, so with the, the, the seriousness of what he what he does is he, well, it, it's serious business. Let me just say this, terrorism, Islam, uh, counterterrorism, all of these things, it's serious business. And, and so we want to ask him some, some good questions. He, he wrote a great book uh, that I'm, I, I feel like everybody should read. It's the New York Times. It's already a New York Times bestseller, Defeating Jihad, The Winnable War. And um, I think you're going to really, really like it. And I think you're going to like the questions I'm going to ask him. But what I'd like to do is 
I would like to put it out there to the folks that are with me on social media, the folks that, you know, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook and um, LinkedIn and all those other places. Send me a question that you would ask him if you had, you know, you know, he has time to answer it and send me a, send me a question that you want to ask him, you know, that you would want him asked. And so what I'm going to do is if I select your, uh, the, the other thing you have to do, by the way, the other thing, there's one more thing, one more thing and one more thing today. Um, you're not going to get a free set of uh, Ginsu knives, which would be great. I hear they're virtually destructible, but what you could do is you could go to drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. That panel will come up if you don't have pop-ups blocked. It's, there's one pop-up on my whole site. It's that, to subscribe. If you go to that and you subscribe and you send me a question and I pick your question to ask him, I'm going to autograph, uh, personally autograph a book. A book of mine, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, and I will send it to you. I'll mail it to you. So, and, I'm, and I'll say on the show, you know, uh, Joe Schmuckatelli in Michigan, he, he gave me this question, and I think it's a great question. I think all of America will be interested in this, unless you don't want your name given, which, in which case I'll know that because you'll tell me. So there you have it. It's something new that I'm doing. I haven't really ever done it before. Um, it's a... Uh, it's, it's a different deal. It's a different deal. So anyway, suffice it to say, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of pumped about it. I, I really am hoping that a lot of you get engaged uh, with this and you, you know, go on social media and, and do that. Send it to me that way. Go uh, and share it, too. The other thing you have to do is you have to share the show announcement. And then uh, once you do that, now we'll be doing a new post on it, a whole new post on it on Dr. Sheen. I didn't even, it's so fresh. I mean, this just happened uh, with Dr. Gorka. Not going to, you know, he's going to do the TV thing. Um, and, and, and some people are sending me notes like, why would he, why would he go do the TV thing? He had agreed to do this. That's kind of low down. Well, it's not low down. If you, if you understand the, the business, see, he does this for a living. You know, he does have, um, he does have, uh, you know, board positions and things like that, that he's paid for and all these different, different things. And he, you know, he has a, a company and he and his wife have a company in Falls Church, Virginia. And so they make, you know, they make money They're He's not struggling, but bread and butter really is television. And, you know, he's right. He wrote a book and I know how much it costs to publish a book and now, you know, all that stuff. And so you want to push the book. Well, I don't know, you know, who knows how many, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people are listening to the show right now, but the fact of the matter is, is, is TV television for him, the TV, as some people call it um, for some people uh, you, you know, that's where they get all their information. They would never log into a show on the radio. They think this is kind of weird and fringe and which that's okay. That's cool. So television, and that's, that's really his bread and butter. So, and he actually gets paid to appear. He's a, he's a contributor. Once you, once you become a CNN contributor or a Fox News contributor or a CBS News, all that stuff, they, they pay you for that. Once they add contributor on there, you make money, depending on your segment, depending on a lot of different things, and they negotiate that. So I don't blame the guy. I'm a capitalist. I would have done it. No, nah, I, I wouldn't have done it, but that's because I'm stupid. You know. But uh, no, no hard feelings with that. It's, he's in business. That's what he does. So no hard feelings. Some people in the audience are like, oh, man, that's low. Well, it's not really low. 
It's not really low. So Center for Self-Governance, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. I think that's the only day, 7th, 8th, and 9th. The 7th, uh, very rare chance to hear uh, in, a, in a private gathering, but uh, it's, it's sort of open to the public, but you have to be cleared first. If you know what I'm saying, you got to register centerforselfgovernance.com. Go and go to that. Click on your state, uh, and then you'll see you will see the announcement of um, you know the the Delaware State Constitution class. That's on August seventh. That's only twenty five dollars. That's a steal at half at twice the price, and so that's going to be a three hour class, and it's open to the public. You, if you've never been to a CSG class, a Center for Self Governance class, that now's the time. I mean, that's it's awesome. Mark Kerr will be here. It's a very, very nice environment where you'll be uh, doing the class. You're not going to learn where it is until you register, but it is in Middletown, Delaware, so you're good to go. Then the 8th and 9th down in Dover, Delaware, also a very, very nice uh, facility that we use down there. And um, th- those will be, uh, I think, um, level one and level two. So one level one on the 8th, level two on the 9th. So it's very exciting. If, you, if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, that area, anywhere near here, come and see us. But go to the website first and sign up. So I want to I wanna, – people ask me all the time, you know, is this a cult? They do. They ask me all the time, is this a cult? Uh, you know, you're, 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 all, you're like addicted to this. And, uh, you know, the CSG business, you're all the time talking about the CSG business, you know. So, you, you know, what is it? Well, it, it's it's the Center for Self-Governance is just a it, – it's the secret sauce. It's it's so radically different than anything you've ever experienced. Um, the level of instruction and eye-opening is extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. Nobody, nobody has ever equaled this, in my opinion. So one of the things we talk about is what do words mean? Which language do you speak? Do you speak the language of liberty? Or do you speak the language of captivity? Right? I mean, that's two, two different things. You're, you're, you're in a different world in, in, in either of those. You, you are either in the language of liberty or you're in the language of captivity. So, so here's a couple of things, a couple of definitions that a lot of people, a lot of people just don't realize uh, what they actually mean. Politics. Say, man, I don't want to get involved in politics. I don't want to get involved in politics. I, what do I want to mess around with that dirty business? I, I don't want any part of that. Especially church folk. Church folk never want to get involved with politics. Well, the name of the show, by the way, I'm not for nothing, is The Collision of Faith and Politics. You can thank Jerry from Pennsylvania for that title. He, he uh, I, I don't remember what I called it, uh, but he, I had a softer name for it, believe it or not. He said, no, 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 you want an action word. And uh, he's a great marketer. That's what he's did for many, many years. And so uh, I changed it, or we changed it, or he changed it to the collision of faith and politics. And actually, my logo, uh, the lion there, that was designed by his daughter, Bryn. So kudos to them. Really awesome. So a lot of times we don't know the name. We don't really know uh, what what the different what it means. You know what what the word means. We don't know what they mean. We we say them. I, I think you know this. You, you've been in a situation where you, uh, the Princess Bride. If anybody's ever seen that, you'll keep using that word. I don't think you know what that word means. 
you know, because sometimes we use the word incorrectly. We want, oh, the intersection of faith and politics. That's right, Jerry. That's what I wanted to call it. And look, this is a way better name, the collision, you know, intersection. That sounds very, I don't know, very clinical. But the collision of faith and politics, that sounds fun. So hopefully hopefully this show is fun for you. I always, I try to make it fun. And uh, so, but, but words, sometimes we use the word wrong. I'm always super embarrassed. I'm, I'm always, always uh, super, super embarrassed. If I use the word wrong, I did this one time. I used indubitably wrong. And I have never forgotten about it. It drives me crazy. And so um, I got to quit turning my head. I keep turning my head and I get so dizzy. I just about fall down. I got to stop that. Note to self, you start wobbling, don't turn your head like that. Don't do that. But politics, here's a word, politics. You know, we we think it means one thing, but it's so important to know what it really means. What does it really mean? Well, it's social relations involving intrigue or strategy to gain authority. And you're, you're probably sitting there going, what? What did you just say? Doesn't sound like it. Politics, social relations involving intrigue or strategy to gain authority. Now, doesn't that sound crazy to you? Doesn't that sound that doesn't that doesn't sound like what we thought it means? I don't know about you. Maybe maybe you thought it means that. I know the first of what seven times that I took level one <laughs> of Center for Self Governance level one training. I you know this took me the longest time. Social relations. Involving intrigue or strategy to gain authority. I thought that's 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 not so talk. What in the world does that mean? Well, we have to understand some other terms in order to understand where that comes into play, where that that plays into our life. Right? We have to do that. We have to do that. Um, I I'm fond of certain sayings, and one of those sayings is: "Little things don't mean a lot; they mean everything." Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. And sometimes a word, using a word differently, I learned this week, using words differently can be really painful. Uh, use the wrong word and good lands. You're, you're all twisted up. Everything's all messed up. Everything's spun out. If you don't understand what another person is saying, that can be the source of great pain and sorrow. Uh, but politics, if we don't understand what this is, how in the world can we actually move forward in our lives, and we can say we don't want to get involved with politics, but I've got a newsflash for you. The Ninja Pastor is going to drop some reality on you. Social relations involving intrigue or strategy to gain authority. Well, who? Politicians. Who, do, who does that? Politicians. Well, where do they operate? Centralized government. I don't know what centralized government means to you. Uh, I, I thought it meant something different. I've, I've learned now. Centralized government is collectively determined society with a high concentration of government control and authority. Did you catch that? Collectively determined society with a high concentration of government control and authority. That's centralized government. So politics, the people work in politics, politicians, they utilize a collectively determined society with a high concentration of government control and authority. They use that in order to exercise governance. Governance is just a method or system of main, ma- I just lost my whole uh, 
whole panel here. Everything just went out. I don't know if we had a power surge or what. It's weird. Everything went black. Uh, you know, governance is a method or system of management, controlling, or directing influence, authority, personal conduct, behavior, or manner of life. I mean, that's intense. That's intense. A method or system of management, controlling, or directing influence, authority, personal conduct, behavior, or manner of life. Governance. That's over everything in your life. You've got to care. You've got to care about politics because that has an impact on every corner of your life. Self-governance, you, you might say, well, what is self-governance? We'll get to that. Sometimes it's, it's handling your business, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Many of our <laughs> – oh, many of our listeners are messaging me saying, what you mean went black? What you mean, Willis? What you a racist? Well, I can't say it goes white. It's the screen is actually black when it goes black. I gotta say it goes black. What do I say? It goes dark. It goes shaded. I, you know, I don't even know what words to say anymore. I'm a racist, I guess, for saying it was black, but that's the color it was. So, sort of an off dark. Well, I can't say that either. I can't say that either. That's crushing. So governance, man, that's that is a tough, tough, tough thing. It's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's it's tough. This is a method or system of management, controlling or directing influence, authority, personal conduct, behavior, or manner. It's everything. It's everything. Governance comes over everything you cannot you listen you can't i gotta quit yelling i've been yelling all week i have a weak voice i gotta quit yelling i gotta preserve my voice well wait a second i preserve my voice for the show um by the way welcome to those folks in chat when you log into chat if you have a guest number just uh if you want say who you are and where you're from and how you learned about the show if you don't mind so self-government we talked about governance we talked about politics many blood-sucking uh, insects. That's what most people think that it means. So, so self-government, a self-determined man exercising individual liberty, personal and civic accountability, and responsibility for the control of government. What? Is your head exploding? I mean, that is amazing. It's amazing. Self-determined man exercising individual liberty, personal and civic accountability, and responsibility for the control of government. That's self-government. When you're going to do self-governance, that's what you got to do. You got to do that. And it matters because then you exercise control over the government. It's extraordinary. By the way, those who, who are logging in, I don't want you to be caught by surprise if you didn't get the 9 million announcements I sent out last minute. Due to a last-minute television appearance, uh, our special guest for today had to reschedule to Tuesday. I'm doing a special show. He's actually on t television right now. I keep wanting to say TV. You'd think I was a country boy. Uh, but So Tuesday, 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 and I'll put out a bazillion other announcements uh, after, you know, after we get off the show today. But uh, so you'll have all that and the links and all that. So the right and power to instruct and hold government officials accountable to the social contract. That's civic authority. 
you say, dude, you're not making any sense to me. This doesn't, what do you mean? What is this talking about civic contract, civic, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Social contract. What does this mean? Social contract. You know, words don't mean a lot. They mean everything. If you don't know what these meanings are, then you're just kind of trudging through life, hoping people treat you right. The right and power to instruct and hold government officials accountable to the social contract. Well, the social contract is quite simply this. An agreement between members of a community to live within a shared system of rules. That's what it is. We're saying, hey, we agree. Look, we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to be um, we're going to be a team here. We're going to sign up. So, civic authority, right and power to instruct and hold government officials accountable to the social contract. So, we've agreed that there's a right, our civic authority, as people, because we use self governance. We've agreed to hold the government responsible for adhering to the social contract and agreement between members of a community to live within shared systems of rules. Some towns still have a rule that you cannot, uh, you can't spit on the sidewalk. Now they're old rules. They're old rules. They are, they're old rules. They're, there, some uh, I know of some places. People think you can't smoke at a certain place. They think that's that's like a new thing. It's not a new thing. You used to not be able to smoke outside, and then smoking really took on sort of a, a ha, 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 you know, it's you were cool if you could smoke. Some girl told the uh, told this one guy that's listening to the show today. Some girl told him, but I bet I know the girl. I bet I know her. She's probably a redhead. Redhead. They're smart. So, uh, but then again, he's a redhead too, so he's pretty smart too. So, uh, a ginger. I love that term. Oh, he's a ginger. So, (laughs) civic responsibility. It's a citizen's moral obligation to act in a government capacity when he is free to act or not. It's it's not when you're compelled, when you are forced to do it. It's when you've got to do something. I was just talking. I gave a speech. I think it was, when was it? Monday? I think it was Monday, and um, and and I've been super run down, and I I just didn't know if I had it to give the speech or not. But these people, you know, they came there, and I've got to give them something, and I wanted to give them something good. And so I I talked about this one lady. Her name is Nancy Travis. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're in the state of Delaware, and her uh, her her political subdivision, her where she's running for her office. You got to give her a vote. She's a nice lady, very smart. Uh, she's conservative, common sense, uh, working hard. Nancy Travis, free, free. There's your, your free plug. Um, that's the last one you'll get. So uh, she, so she came up and she said, "I understand you're speaking today. Um, you know, would you, would you mind putting on a sticker?" And I said, "Well, to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't much like to have uh, political stuff on me when I'm giving a speech." You know, even though this is a Republican organization that I'm speaking to, I don't I don't like to do that. And then she said, well, how about if I sneak it and I put it on your back? And uh, I said, well, if I don't know, I don't know. And and then so I walked walked to the front of the room when it was time for me to time for me to start talking. And I turned around. I said, you know, it's my policy not to uh, promote an individual candidate unless I've had a chance to really review their whole deal and 
find out what they're about. And uh, so, the, you know, they laughed, of course, because it's on my back. They can see it on my back. But I did that on purpose. I wasn't obligated. I didn't have a moral obligation. But we, in our civic responsibility, we've got to do something important. So the citizen's moral obligation to act in a government capacity when he's free to act or not. You're, you're not forced. Nobody forced you to do it. But you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And the reason I brought her up, uh, Nancy Travis, was because, and I, I, I love it. I love her answer. Um, she's running. I have another great friend, uh, Janice Gallagher, really super, super nice lady. She's a level five. Uh, I think we did level three, level four, and level five together. Wonderful, amazing lady. Her and her husband, Paul, uh, just great patriot. And I have to tell you, she's running for office. I'd, I'd say what the office is, but I, I don't. it's state representative. And I know that she lives in Kent County, Delaware. So if that's of any help to you, and they live in the claim, uh, no, 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 uh, Magnolia. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, she lives in, in that um you know, that area there and Camden, Wyoming. She lives in the Camden area. So she's running as a state representative there. Well, she's a, a, a regular person. She's got a job. She's got responsibilities. You know, she's got a family. And but but she said the same thing. Miss Travis said uh, somebody's got to do something. Somebody has got to do something. We can't sit around and say somebody has got to do something. And then no somebody stands up and does the something. Got to do it. It's got to happen. It's got to happen if we don't if we don't our civic responsibility is not voting. It's acting in a government capacity. It's a moral obligation to act in a government capacity when we're free to act or not. Voting, yeah, you can vote if you want to and you can not vote if you want to if you want to be an idiot. You want to say my vote doesn't count, blah 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 blah. Uh, look, news flash, ninja pastor news flash. You can say till you're blue in the face. Say to, that's Buckeye protecting me from evil. Buckeye's protecting me from evil. I think I'll be all right, Buckeye. She sits in here and does the show with me every week. She's awesome. Uh, well, I see all these things on Facebook and Twitter, people having to say goodbye to their animals. This one here, hmm, you won't hear from me for a while. I'll tell you that. This one here is, she's, she is my, uh, she's my little shadow is what she is. She's she's a, a great little nurse, great little friend. So it's our civic duty. Our civic duty is, you know, to follow the rules of the social contract. Remember we talked about the social contract? We said what the social contract was. didn't make any sense, but an agreement between members of a community to live within a shared system of rules. Well, that's great. But then that pushes us to civic authority, right and power to instruct and hold government officials accountable to the social contract. We're holding them accountable. Wait a second. That sounds different. But the only way we can do that is through self-government. We have to be a self-determined man or woman exercising individual liberty, personal and civic accountability, and the responsibility for the control of government. But what's happened? We haven't done that. We haven't done that. I'm going to explain the difference between power and control here in a second. So politics, right? Politics affects us all. Centralized government? It's it's. Somebody got together and said, hey, we want to have a centralized government. This is what we want to do. We want to have a high concentration of government control and authority. That's how they achieve it. So governance is, is what they do. It's a method or system for management, controlling, or directing influence. 
authority, personal conduct, behavior, and manner of life. They're changing the way we live our life. So that so so if government is okay to do what it wants to do in any way that it wants to do it, we're prisoners. If we're not engaged, if we're not acting in self-governance, uh, if we don't know what this what the social contract even is, if we don't even know what that is, we're screwed royally. I'm here to tell you, we are up a creek, the proverbial feces creek, without a paddle. If we don't know what words mean. Well, what is liberty? I said this last night. I, I, I asked the question, and uh, I just I – just, it means different things to different people, but it's immunity from arbitrary exercise of authority. Liberty is it, – you're immune to arbitrary rules being foisted upon you. When you have liberty, you're, you're immune to having uh, uh, the authority pressed down on you, being under the thumb of government. Liberty. But in order to do that, you have to have freedom, and freedom is the ability to think, speak, and act without externally imposed restraint. Man, you can't have liberty without freedom. You can't have freedom without liberty, the ability to think, speak, and act without externally imposed restraint. When you say in order to do that, I, I got my rights, man. I got my rights. Well, what are your rights? What are your rights? It's a just claim to something. To something. It's not necessarily How do I put this? Hey buddy. We're not gonna throw the ball. It's nine thousand degrees. Go lay down, you're crazy. That dog is nuts, man. Liz Herbala can barely walk up the steps at nighttime, but wants to play ball nine hundred times a day. You gotta, you gotta admire this dog. She, she never does quit. That's our thing, you know. Right after, and they're not gonna do it today because she's just worn out. We we'll have to do a little walk or something afterwards. But uh, right after the show, she knows when the show ends, and then she reminds me, okay, your show's about to end, because then she starts dropping her ball right on my foot, and it's usually slobbery and nasty, but. That's all right. I'm 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 down with it. But but you're right. It's a just claim to something. Something something. Don't let don't let the government tell you what your rights are. Your rights didn't come from them. Your rights didn't come from government. Your rights came from God. Nature and nature's God. Your rights came. They are inalienable. Government can't take your rights. Do you understand? If if if, if enough people understand these truths. Government becomes us. But you know what happens? They use their power. Or do they? Strength or force producing an effect. They use their power. And then they start imposing things upon us that aren't in the social contract. They aren't in things that our community decided were were good and, and were okay with us. But my little dog, my little dog's looking at me, going, "We have our, we have our things that we do after the show, and I'm hearing that you're going to do something different today, and I don't like it." She's looking at me. She's literally looking at me, going, "Uh-uh, I don't like this talk." Where does power reside? 
Where does your power reside? What do we say power was? It's a strength or force producing effect. You have power, but where does your power reside? It's in the people. It comes from God, but it's in the people. But where is power harnessed? Where does where is it squish down and this funnel uh This funnel, this, this choking funnel, it just chokes us out. It just chokes us out. And we're, and we're trying to figure out, man, wh- why is my life like this? And where did all these taxes come from? Why can't I say these things? Why can't I do these things? Why do I have to do... Um, you know, uh, I, I have a, a dear friend who was trying to figure out a grill, and I helped research the grill. Because they're not allowed to have a gas grill where they live. Now, there's nine million people who said, we're not going to pay attention to that, to that, uh, that, that oppressive, uh, you know, the, the man coming down on me. But you sign a contract, so you're, you're in a social contract, really, so you can't have that. So there's an electric girl. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Social contract in government, that's where power is harnessed. That's where it's harnessed, the social power, the thing. Look, power, we are such a powerful people, but we're so weak at the time. We're so weak. We don't know. We don't know. We don't understand where power originates. We don't understand that power comes from nature and nature's God. It doesn't come from the elephant that is the government. We're the elephant. The government is the handler that says, well, if you ask me for peanuts, I'll give you peanuts, but you've got to ask me. You've got to ask me, where does power originate? Nature, nature's God. Why do you think they want to de-God everything? I'm going to talk in a few minutes about the, the left, this leftist convention, crazy business convention. I Look, I, I watched it last night, and I thought I was going to be sick. It's, it's, it's just, it's just a, 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 a dramatic change of thinking because these people are lemmings. The people in control of the Democrat Party, I got a news flash for you. They don't believe a thing you're saying. They're saying they don't believe a bit of that platform. They only do it to get votes. Welcome. Speak your mind now. We're glad to have you. Nature and nature's God. That's where power originates. Nature and nature's God. So that's why they want to de-God. The left wants to de-God everything. They want to de-God everything because they know that's where our power originated. So what is political power? It becomes political power being used against us. Listen, we have political power too. The strength of force to use social relations involving strategy to gain control or authority. 
It's the strength of force to use social relations involving strategy to gain control or authority. Listen, if we let them use their political power on us, guess what? We're going to be controlled. We're not going to be free. We don't have liberty. Because then they determine the social contract. They say, this is what you're going to do, and this is when you're going to do it. And oh, by the way, I'll give you an example. Where I live, where I stay at, I, there's a toll road. There's a major uh, toll road. And this major toll road, uh, what, what happens there is, because I live near a resort, uh, resort community, uh, every Friday, someone said it would be okay to change the toll price from $1 each way to $3 each way, just because it's Friday. And it does that Friday to, through Sunday. And then it changes back to $1 for Monday through at some point on Friday. People are going to the beach, whatever. We're going to make them pay. People are coming back from the beach, whatever. We're going to make them pay. We're going to make them pay more to sit in the backup to get to the beach. And see, welcome, Riverly Review. Uh, a lot of the songs that I play, I always say, K Riverly and the Riverly Review, racist is the word. Uh, you guys always seem to like that. Freedom's not free. It's really, really something. They they do such incredible music. It, and and on top of that, they're mind-bogglingly awesome people. Great songwriters. Great songwriters. Great performers. They're just they're top notch. I got to tell you, top notch people. I'm so fortunate to have met them. So they use their political power. They use they use their political power. And and the thing is, is how do they do it? How do they do it? You have to understand that, 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 that people say, well, I think I heard something about this. Uh, I, what, I mean, I think, did I hear something about this in school? I don't know. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know if you did or didn't because nowadays they don't teach this. Do you know that in constitutional law classes, they don't teach the Constitution? They teach you how to usurp the Constitution. Folks, that's reality. That is reality. That is fact. They don't teach you how in these liberal universities. You're no longer taught the Constitution. You're taught how to usurp the Constitution. You're taught how to exert political power, which, again, strength or force to use social relations involving strategy to gain control or authority, to tell you how you're going to live your life, to tell you how you're going to not have liberty today. You're going to do what I tell you to do. You're not going to do what you want to do. It's what I want you to do. But how do they do it? How do they exercise that power? Well, we have judicial power. So strength or force to resolve conflicts about the rules or enforcement of the rules. We, we said as a, in our social contract, we said we will adhere, we will have these rules, and we will adhere to them. Well, then judicial power comes in when somebody says, I want to break that. But you know what? Judicial power also comes in, like in, in the Supreme Court and all these things, but they issue opinions. They don't make law. They issue opinions. That's why Kim Davis, the deal with Kim Davis was so egregious. Kim Davis went to jail because she didn't obey an opinion, which was in direct violation of the law to which she was directly subject. They were enforcing a social contract uh, using political and judicial power on her. Because they didn't like what she did. Judicial power. That's what happens. Political power, judicial power, and then legislative power. The strength of force to make the rules. Listen, 
people run for government. Uh, you know, I've got friends that are going. I mentioned their names earlier. They're they're you know one in Kent County and, and and another one in Newcastle County, and they're regular people that said, "Hey, I, I can't take it anymore. I got to get involved in legislation to 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 keep our state from." from enacting these crazy laws and rules and taking our liberty and our freedom away. So then you have the strength or force to make the rules through legislative power. But then right now, what are we doing? We're voting for a president. I'm going to tell you unequivocally, unequivocally, I say this with absolute zero, zero resistance. I do. Zero resistance. This is the most important election of my entire life. Maybe not for yours, but for mine, it is absolute. Absolute. Donald Trump would never be my first choice under any circumstances, but the fact is he is our choice. And you know what? there's, There's a lot of negative that can be said, but he loves America. He loves America. And here's the biggest thing. He's not Hillary Clinton. Folks, I'm telling you, this woman is flat out evil. She's flat out evil. It, it's, there's no other way to put it. I'll talk a little bit about the DNC last night and people, you know, the cameras panning the very, very sparse crowd. Did you notice that? Hillary Clinton is speaking and she can't pack out the Democrat National Convention. Are you kidding me? They gave out free pins, lapel pins, Hillary pins. They gave out T-shirts. They couldn't pack the place. In fact, it was terribly empty. Well, executive power, that's the strength of force to enforce the rules. That's who we're voting for. That's who we're voting for. That's, this, is, this, is, this is a huge thing a huge thing but through the separation of powers we're supposed to if we're exercising good self-governance we're supposed to we're supposed to know the system we're supposed to know how it works we're supposed to know what government agency does what and and how in the world it's supposed to be not how it is how it's supposed to be Do you understand that? The theory that the legislative, you know, Mark Hurd did these. This is not my genius. This is him. The theory that the legislative, executive, and judicial powers are separated into three branch, three branches not given to a person or persons. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're not, we're not supposed to give away, you know, uh, we're not supposed to just give away everything. We're not supposed to just give up. We're not supposed to quit. We're not supposed to be captive citizens. Those are the ones that don't honor the social contract, and they're held accountable via the police powers of the government, such as incarceration. That's how it happens. When you're captive citizens, you're a prisoner, that's how it happens. You didn't honor the contract. You did the wrong thing. But you know what? When you let the wrong people control the rules, you let them enforce on you, newsflash, they're going to come up with all kinds of crazy things 
that you can and can't do. You know, my friend uh, Bill is is in chat, and we're welcome. I don't know if you've been in chat before, but it's good to have you. Very, very smart guy, uh, great family. The biggest positive is that someone from outside the inner circle of D.C. 13 months ago is now running for president. Gives me hope that we can kick out the lifelong losers in D.C. You know, I'll tell you what, and Jerry followed up with, give the successful businessman a shot at the federal budget. I, you want to know why they didn't want Ted Cruz and they didn't want Donald Trump? You know why they worked so hard against those two? You know why they weren't just terribly concerned over the rest of them? They just didn't care that much. The left, they didn't care. They, they didn't work so hard to ruin them, but they sure did work to ruin the last two standing, Ted Cruz and, and Donald Trump. Why? Because both of them say, hey, we don't, this is not how it's supposed to be. And the thing is about Donald Trump, love him or love him or hate him, he doesn't care who he takes off. He doesn't care. His crude talk, I hate it. I hate it. I wish he'd learn to be tough without being crude. Stop making names for people. Just call them what they are. It's bad enough what they are. But it's getting done. I, I wouldn't be the way I'd do it, but you know what? I'd never be president. I'd never be president. So there's your little quick lesson. That's just a, a brief little lesson on the meaning of words. Something like 82 – that's right, Steve. One of, one of the uh, listeners just logged in the chat. Uh, something like 82% of Congress is up for election. So do we, do we focus everything on the president and just – and you know, you got – but people say, well, I'm not, not going to vote this year then because if Trump's running, I'm not voting. Lesser of two evils, I'm staying home. Whatever. you got to do what's right for you. I, I can't tell you what to do. Pray about it. Pray hard about it. I can tell you Hillary Clinton is absolutely the worst thing that has ever happened to this country in any form or fashion. And I'll tell you what else, too. It's not because she's a woman. I could care less. I could care less. I know plenty of women who would be greater presidents than, than we probably ever had. Plenty of women. I don't, I, the woman thing doesn't – I could care less about that. I could care less about that. Ultimately, it comes to this. You have an opportunity up and down. You're voting you're in, in your political subdivision. What that is, that's where you live, the, the political people that are in your area. So if you live in a town, right, you have a mayor. Now, that mayor, mayor, that mayor may or may not – boy, say that three times. This is, this is the problem with working without a script because today, today this, is, this is what you call what Sean's thinking day. <laughs> because we, we really did think that the show was going to be occupied um, by Dr. Uh, Sebastian Gorka. But coming back Tuesday, we're going to have a special show on Tuesday if you didn't hear it. Um, so, But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the really, really powerful thing. 82%, 82% of Congress is up, up for election. Kick them out. We want term limits? Kick them out. Get rid of them. They're not acting within the within the the, the you know. Look, we we know that that's why the Constitution class is so important on on August seventh uh, in in Delaware. We're studying the Constitution of the state of Delaware. You know the laws governing Kim Davis when when the, the you know that was a a fake a fake thing. They just went from clerk to clerk to clerk with a TV crew or a camera crew trying to find somebody that would say. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. 
And she, she didn't. She said, no, I, I can't do it. The mistake she made is she said it's for religious reasons. I can't sign off on this. My Bible tells me this is wrong, which it does. But the bottom line is this. It wasn't even about that. State law in Kentucky said it would be a violation of the law for him to do that. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Steve uh, from Ohio says if the running back keeps fumbling the ball, take him out of the game. Look, you know, uh, we, we say this all the time. You know, we got that big bunch of folks, and I, I had the pleasure of, of working with Kay and Ron Rivoli and, and all those Florida, great Florida people uh, during the last election. Boy, we, we, I, we were killing ourselves. You know, we didn't want Barack Obama. We did whatever we could not, for it not to be Barack Obama, but it didn't work. It just didn't work. But we, you can't sit around and say, well, that's the only one. I hear people all the time because Donald Trump, uh, you know, is not going to be – it's just not going to – look, it's not going to be – that's right. All 435 House seats are up for re-election and 34 Senate seats. That's what we should be focusing on now. Absolutely. So if it, let's say – look, you don't have to vote for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton to vote for all the rest of the people in your political subdivision. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. I'm telling you, that's reality. I'm not making that up. That's reality. Okay, so you're not going to vote. You're saying I'm not going to vote. Don't stay home. Vote for the other offices. We've got to hold the Senate. Listen, the Democrats, Kay, Kay Ridley is absolutely right. The Democrats think they're going to take back the Senate. They believe that they are. They're convinced that they are. So when you stay at home because you're upset about who's the president going to be, man, vote down the ticket. You can't sit back and say, hey, you know what? I am going to make a statement. I'm staying home. There's other people that are depending on your vote. You can't stay home. Don't make that staying home business how you exercise your liberty and your freedom. You can't do it. That's not self-governance. That's not, that's not moral responsibility, civic responsibility. That's saying that's being a whiny crybaby because you didn't get your toy. You can't do it. Let me tell you something. And, and, and Steve from Ohio just said something it's, it's, it's important to share. Republican Congress and Trump will usher in the next great era. I, you know, I don't know exactly what Trump will do, but I know what I know about him. Enough of what I know about him tells me this. He assembles great teams, just the people that are being bandied about now. Mike Pence is a great guy. I know his uh, – I don't know if he's still his communication director, and he used to write all the speeches and everything. Um, but Doug Sacklaven, I know that guy. I know what a class act he is, and I know what a class act – Mike Pence is, he's, he's no fool. He's a sharp guy. And every minute that Donald Trump is around Mike Pence, you know what Mike Pence said, though, privately, that I was privy to? He said, man, you can't argue with this man's children. They are absolutely extraordinary in every way. He did something extraordinarily well. Extraordinarily well. Folks, the ticket, it's critical. This year, it could not be more critical. It couldn't. It couldn't. We, we are in such danger of losing our liberty and our freedom 
And we're in such danger of handing our control, the control, our power, handing it over. The people that we go to and ask for peanuts, you know, we give them all of our peanuts, and then we go to them and we ask for some back. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. It's not the way it was designed. It's not the way it is in the Constitution. But we've allowed legislators to go and justify their existence and their exorbitant pay by always making laws. I'd submit to you that we have enough laws already. We don't need more. In fact, I would also submit to you, free of charge, no cost of obligation to you, you do not get a free Ginsu knife. We need to start paring back. See that, what I did right there, Ginsu paring knife? We need to start paring back some of these laws. Some of these laws are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're asinine. Nobody in their right mind would ever allow for our liberty and our freedom to be so tyrannically taken from us. My lands. And I'm telling you right now, Kay, you're absolutely right. Look, we don't know what Trump will do. Not, not all the way. We know some of the things. We know, we know how he has lived. We know he's very pro-gun. We, he has a gun permit. His kids are all avid hunters. They are avid hunters. They're avid sportsmen. Daughter is. Hillary Clinton, we know what she's going to do. She's going to take our guns. She's, you say, oh, our people have been saying that forever. Really? Is that why my friend from Ohio had to build a gun out of parts? Is that why my friend from Harrington, Delaware, had to build a gun out of parts because of all the pressure on certain types of guns? You've got to be kidding me. Well, you can have an AR-15, except in Massachusetts, but you know what you can't do? You know what you can't do? You can't put a, a, a sound suppressor on it. You can't make it quieter so that you can practice the sport of, 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 of a rifle, you know, rifle, being a rifleman and, and, and target practice and all those things and just learning how to protect your family. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do such a smart thing by just, by just putting a, a sound suppressor on there. It's quieter. It's better for the community. But no, we can't do that. We cannot do it. Can't do a sound suppressor. Some states, there's like three states that I know of, you know what you can do? You can, you can do a sound suppressor, but you have to, and they call it silencer, but it's really a sound suppressor. Uh, you have to get a, a tax stamp. And then, you know what? When you apply for that tax stamp, you are giving the federal government the privilege and the right anytime they want to come in your home, in your business, anywhere you go. That's why I won't be a, a federal firearms person. I'm into guns. You know, I'd love to, you know, buy and sell guns. I'd love it. I, I love guns. It's just fun. It's, it's a fun thing. I don't do it because as soon as you get your federal firearms license, guess what? You have given the government without a warrant, the right to climb up your rear and go into any place in your home, your car, everywhere. If you have that, you're done. So we've incrementally given back our guns. You may say, well, people can go run around with a bazooka. Listen, they don't just want the ARs. They want your handguns. They want every kind of gun you have. They don't want you to have a BB gun. 
There was actually on CNN the other day. There was actually uh, I was watching when the when the axe attack happened, and the guy, you know, the guy, not the axe attack, the, uh, the where the guy was out in front of the McDonald's, and he shot all those people. The Muslim dude. They say it didn't have anything to do with Islam, of course. And and the guy on CNN says, well, uh, you know, in Germany, in this part of Germany, guns are guns are uh, very easy to get. It's it's a very lax gun laws. I don't know what this guy was talking about. Nothing in the world lacks about Germany's gun laws. It's it's ridiculous. They say whatever they want to say, and it's a flat out lie. And you know what? Here's here's the thing. While we're sitting there shaking our head, scratching our head, they're taking our guns one piece at a time. They are restricting our ammunition by by crushing the availability of the raw sort you know source material to make the ammunition. You say, well, I'm not into guns. What do I care? You better hope your neighbors have guns. When there's a societal breakdown, when when stuff falls apart, or or even when there's an attack somewhere. You don't think an attack is going to happen here in the United States? Too late. It already is. All over the United States, we have attacks. Well, here's the thing. Did you hear about this this priest that had his head cut off? They're not releasing uh, in a lot of places that the man had his head cut off during mass in France. Nobody could do anything. Nobody at all. How does this happen that nobody can do anything? Whoever's calling in, you need to uh, send me a text. If you know my number, who you are, we don't have a call screener. So I got to know who you are before I put you on the air. So, Send me an email or whatever it is you want to do, but we don't, we're not putting anybody else on the air here until we know who they are. Uh, no offense, you know, we're a big fan, but until I know who you are, that's, that's how it's got to be. So that's the deal. All right, you know, I know who this is. This, this is Steve from Ohio, who I've been talking about. Let me bring him on. Hang on one second here. Steve from Ohio, you've been made famous by the Ninja Pastor. Now let's show people why. Sean, greetings. Hello. Greetings Long to you and all of yours. time caller. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned something that, uh, you know, we talked about the, you talked about the guns and you talked about the silencers. And, uh, you know, as everyone knows, perception is the key to reality. Let me tell you what Ohio does. And just getting a tax stamp, there's two ways to get a silencer. You get a tax stamp or you get what they call living trust. Living trust is better. Because then you can pass on your silencer to someone who couldn't legally own it otherwise, say, in like a will. Well, here's the thing. Either or your, your tax stamp or your living trust, it costs the same amount. And it's on average about $1,200 to $1,500 to complete the process for a part that goes on your gun. And it, as, as you mentioned before, I've built a couple goes on easier than most parts that involve the entire gun. And when they go, when you put this, you put this on for twelve to $1,500, that part that you own and that you have to jump through all the red, all the red tape and all jump through all the hoops, that part that you put on is usually worth about 150 to $200. That's all the silencer is worth. Now, you put that on your, your firearm, you've paid $1,500, you've waited at least six months, 
And now you have invited everybody to pick through your background, pick through your credit score, pick through everything that they possibly can. So now, now what happens is, is you've got something that you can, that you should be able to give to your kids. That's really just a part on a, on a firearm. Now you, let's say you go out to your range. Ohio has a range law that it, it's illegal to shut down, right? You're, you have a right to have a range as long as it is outside of a city limit and it meets constraints. You're not firing into other people's houses and things of that nature. Now these large noises start coming because you own your gun and you go out and you want to shoot it. The same people that make the legislature possible for this long, arduous process will now call and complain about the noise. And you you should hear now, as you know, I'm 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 public service, so I'm kind of privy to the calls that come in nine one one. And you should hear what they tell you. They're firing machine guns. They're setting off bombs. They're they're firing cannons. None of that's true, and none of it is illegal. But because we because back to the perception is the key to reality, we have become afraid to exercise our rights, and we and when the police show up. Honestly, they show up around different Copley ranges I have personally been at. They come up, they laugh, they talk. They say, hey, look at that. What do you have there? And and they say, hey, you guys look like you're being safe. No problems. You have a good day and you keep shooting. Because it's, it's, it's absolutely legal. Now, we could be on the same page here if anybody would really want to use their head. Because... You watch these movies, you, and that's your only reality other than actually leaving the house, and you think that you put a silencer on there, now you're an assassin, you can go and kill 5 million people, and it, and it only makes the noise of a post-it note crumpling. That's not it. <laughs> it's a muffler. It's, a, it's like a muffler for a car. If somebody drove down the road with a, with a loud exhaust, you'd be like, man, that dude needs a muffler. It's really annoying. I can hear it inside my house. You know, if you're if you don't like guns, that's fine. If you don't like guns, hearing guns in your neighborhood because you live in a more rural area and there's and there's gun ranges around, then approve silencers. Which that legislation is already in the Ohio court. I'll I'll let you know in Columbus that legislation is in there to lift that. Now what it'll do? It'll take that twelve to fifteen hundred dollar part back down to a couple hundred dollars, and it'll be legal. You'll walk in You'll walk into your local. Whatever store you could go to, the, you could get a Dick's Sporting Goods. However, they're political, so you, they might stay out of that. But you could walk into your lo- local Sporting Goods. You can grab. You say, "Hey, I have this gun. I need a, I need a silencer for it. Thank you very much." And now, when I go and I practice, I practice my shooting, and I go out and I do my hobby, which I enjoy, then I'm not bothering you as a person who doesn't who doesn't do that. So. What, what, what this goes back to is two things. We have a perception, a wrong perception about firearms, and we have a wrong perception about what it is we can do or what it is we should do as people, not only exercising our rights, but exercising, exercising what's right. So we, we need to do it. We need to do it in a good fashion. We need to love our neighbors, and we need to educate them. Tell them what it is. This is how it goes. This is what we do. It's it's not a it's not an assassination weapon. So, but and what gets lost in that is you have these alternate movements, the Black Lives Matter. You have these uh, you have the alternate Democratic movements that that they say, oh, you fire guns, 
You must be a racist. You must. Uh, you want poor people to starve. You want babies to die. Insert insert meme here. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. We cannot. Not only do we have to show up and vote and represent and bring in this new great era that is on our doorstep, but we have to bring. We have to go out there and show these people. Listen, we're not the enemy here. You're being lulled into something that is not what you think it is, and. If we can have more of those conversations, you're going to see more swing voters appear. Well, and you said something very, very important there because there's so many people that uh, they they honestly don't understand. Not only do they not understand reality, they don't understand history. And so they make up things. They they make up a lot of things uh, that they call reality. And the fact of the matter is, is it ties to this, this, uh, murder of this, this priest. I mean, listen, folks, the, the, the people that were there, one guy videoed it, the whole thing. And, uh, the other guy did it. And then they had, uh, like, like a Muslim service there. And there's people there. They cut the man's head off of his body. They cut this priest, 87-year-old priest, cut his head from his body. And now the French authorities, uh, there's, there's uh, some reports of this. French authorities are now under intense pressure to explain how they would let a, hey, thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. And, and you, you, uh, you definitely provided a lot of good value there, especially given the sense of what I talked about earlier your political subdivision, that's, that's where you live. That's where you live. That affects you. And then they make rules and make laws that affect everybody. It's got to be, um, you know, it, 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 you've, we've got to exercise control. And I know that you're very involved in that, and kudos to you. So thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it. So, so here's the thing. Thank you to Steve from Ohio. That was awesome. Awesome call. Here's the thing. Somebody has got to do something when things like this. I implore you people, don't die on your knees. These people that, that end up, um, I, I don't know how it happens. They end up on their knees in these orange suits, you know, kick and scream. Yeah, this is the last moment of your life. You've got to, you can't, you can't, you, you know, you, you say, well, they got a gun pointed at me. How would you rather die? Fighting to live? Trying to take one of them out? Something. You've got to do something. You can't just submit. You can't do it. But this is in a church, and so people think, uh, people think, well, you know, I can't, I just, this is a sanctuary. I can't. I can't. Well, folks, you've got to deal with it. Crime is coming to churches. I said this two years ago. I gave a speech in a church. I was asked to come as a security expert uh, and, and specifically dealing with, with Islam. They said, you know, what are we facing? And then I, I uh, and it happens, at last second, I was just compelled to not give the speech that I was, uh, you know, called there to give. I said, listen, you, you want to know who your number one uh, issue is from? It's from Islam. And back then, two, three years ago, I mean, it just wasn't, that wasn't as big a deal. <laughs> it was, I mean, I know it seems like, well, 2011 or 2001, 9-11. Well, look, we, we forgot. They said never forget. We forgot. We forgot. We will not forget. No, we forgot. 
And I'll tell you, it's it's uh, it's come down to uh, it, it. It's just I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you. It it you can't sit in a place and think that it can't happen here. You've got to put that out of your head. You've got to put that it can't happen here out of your head. You've got to say, hey, every church, and I told this church, I said, listen, you you have got to uh, have protection in place. You've got to have plans in place. You've got to have, well, we don't want to offend people. We want this to be a house of God, a sanctuary. I want it to be too, but you know what? I can't. I have to pray with my eyes open now or I'll fall over. But the point of the matter is, Everybody's got their eyes closed. Nobody's watching the door. Nobody has a gun. Nobody has the cojones to do something to save lives, to prevent the loss of life. But this is France. Guns are, guns are, you know, for bad people. Well, guess what? You better start arming the good people. Well, I've got bad news for you. This article goes on to say the French authorities let the guy out. He was locked up before this. He was a teenager at the time. He let him out. He let him out. He got in a bunch of trouble. Uh, Adele Kermichi uh, had twice attempted to reach Syria to join ISIS when he appeared before an investigating judge earlier this year and emerged on Wednesday. Despite repeated warnings from state prosecutor that he was a major risk, he would reoffend if freed from prison, he was given parole. And after convincing judges that he wanted a new start to see my friends and to get married. This is what he told us. This is what he told the French people. This is what he told the, the judge. Well, he said, well, guess what? You know what? You're going to have to wear, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to fix you right up. We are going to fix you right up. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to make you wear a bracelet, an electronic tag. He could go anywhere he wanted. And he used his freedom to murder an 86-year-old Catholic priest, Jacques Hommel as he celebrated Mass in the church at Saint-Altien-du-Rivet, I don't know, where Rouen in Normandy. He forced him to his knees, and then he cut his head off in front of everyone. He had one accomplice. They took five other people hostage, including three nuns and two worshipers, one of whom, an 86-year-old parishioner, they left for dead after trying to cut his head off. Finally, the, pe- the only people they allowed to have guns in France, the police, they came and they shot the people as they walked out of church after they did the deed. This is the second major terrorist attack in France less than two weeks after an ISIS follower plowed a lorry into crowds, big truck, celebrating Bastille Day. It killed 84 people and injuring hundreds more. They let this guy out. I understand an 86-year-old priest. You understand that. I understand 80-some-year-old nuns. What, what are they going to do? But somebody. Folks, you got to be alert, out and about. You go ahead and let your guns be taken away. And then we're France. And then we're Germany. And then we're England. And then we're Australia. 
You say, well, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nutty. It's going to be like the Wild West. All that is required for evil triumphs for good men to do nothing. To stand there and do nothing. This 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 slays me. One of the uh, one of one of the people and the nuns is testifying. They were held hostage. The terrorists held me with a revolver at my neck. She said, adding, it was not clear to her now whether the gun, the weapon, was real or fake. He, the priest, fell down, looking upwards toward us. Well, what did the French president do? He said, Francois Hollande. Uh, Described as an act by Islamic State terrorists turned to anger 24 hours after the attack. I'm angry. I'm angry. Stop or I'll say stop louder. Look, everybody, everybody has got to be in it to win it, in it to stay alive. I am armed to my teeth all the time. In my house, out of my house. Welcome my dog, not welcome my dog. In the store, anywhere. I don't play. I just don't play around. You come to my house, get in my face, going to threaten me, threaten my family, newsflash. Or anybody I love, newsflash. You're going down. You're leaving in a bag. It's a fact. Go ahead and mess with me. Go ahead and mess with people I love. Go ahead and do it. It's all over for you. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. You say, well, Ninja Pastor, people hate you because of what you speak about. They're, you know, they call what you say hate speech. I don't care. I get 26,000. Every week I get 26,000 emails. And every single week, I probably get maybe, I don't know, 2,000 people that hate me. Shock and grief. Are you kidding me? Shock and grief at what France's President Francois Hollande described as an act by Islamic State terrorists turned to anger 24 hours. Shock and grief. And now it, turns, it takes you 24 hours to get mad about having an 86-year-old priest have his head cut off during mass? You should be mad that your crazy laws have taken the liberty and the freedom of your good citizens to have, well, if we do that, everybody will have guns. The safest place in the United States is Kennesaw, Georgia, where everybody not only has guns, but they're mandated to have guns. If you're mentally stable, physically able, you submit to drink, you get your permit. It's not really even a permit per se. And you are, and you, and, and you know, you're expected to carry a gun. You're not forced to, but you're expected. It's the safest place in the whole entire United States. And people always describe it. This always cracks me up. It cracks me up so much. Oh, I can't, I can't take it when people do. I've been to Kennesaw. I have somebody I love like a brother that lives in Kennesaw. I've been living in Kennesaw with his family for a long time. I love these people. I know all about it. He lives there. It's a swank place. But, you know, the politicians, they don't know. The anti-gun people, they don't know. Well, you know, that's Kansas, Georgia. You can't talk about that. There's a bunch of country folk. They're silly running around with their guns. Shoot them up. I wouldn't go to Kansas, no. 
with guns and everything. So many people with guns. Guns are bad and evil. Hate is wrong. I hate hate. I hate everything about hate. Let me tell you something. It's a swank place. It's shopping centers and beautiful housing developments and beautiful schools and lakes and ponds and blah, blah, blah. I mean, all this stuff. It's, it's amazing to me. It's a wonderful place to live. It's not some backwards thing where a bunch of people with no teeth running around with guns on their hip. That's not how it is. That's not how any of it is. So what happens with this terrorist? I, I know you're going to be shocked at this. So he goes before the judge and says, I'll be good. I just want to get married. No, he doesn't say it like that. He's, he's Islamic, but he's French. Three days later, Kermish, who was the guy who did the Abdel Kermish, he, he disappears but was arrested in Munich that evening on a coach to Belgrade carrying his brother's identity card. Kermish's father told police he was a religious fanatic, and his sister added it took two months for him to become radicalized. Two months! And that he was no longer my little brother. It was religion above everything. I don't know what happened to him. It was a real brainwashing. He was sent back to France where he was given conditional parole while awaiting trial. He spent his 18th birthday in police custody. He was officially put under investigation 28 March and then released under court supervision requiring that he report to the police and remain in the area. 11 May 2015, less than two months later, Kermish broke the terms broke the terms of his probation and flew to Istanbul with a 15-year-old friend he had encountered two weeks previously on Facebook. The teenagers were expelled from Turkey. Kermish was flown back to France, where he was placed in jail awaiting trial. The 15-year-old accomplice told detectives their aim had been to go to Syria and die there as quickly as possible. While in jail, Kermish, described by police as naive and easily influenced, was was interviewed by October, between October 2015 and February 2016 for a character report, which found he had been treated for psychological problems between the ages of 6 and 13. Well, that sums up Islam for you. Primary school reports stated angel or demon, depends on the day. Sometimes a model child, more often aggressive, angry, and not in a fit state to work. The report also stated that he was expelled from secondary school in his second year for behavioral problems. And he had also spent time in a hospital secure ward and psychiatric unit. Although teachers said he was brighter than other children, he was warned about physical and verbal violence against class- classmates. He left school at 16. Character report was produced when Kermish appeared before the judge. This is last year, in February of last year. This is the guy that just cuts the head off of a priest and, 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 and hacks up these other nuns and all this. February this year, he's insisted he's not an extremist. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I know I did all that stuff, but I'm not an extremist. Listen, I'm so not an extremist. You know, I've missed morning prayers because I had a hard time getting up on time. Man, this morning prayers. I don't know if you know, but they're in the morning. They do this morning thing in the morning. These prayers in the morning. I don't like to get up. The judge, who has not been named, decided to release him after hearing he had suicidal thoughts. Oh, okay. Let's release this guy if he has suicidal thoughts. Heck, he's only going to hurt himself. So he releases him from prison. says, he thinks he realized his mistakes and is determined to take steps toward reentering society with the help and support of his family. The court heard his parents had admitted they preferred to know their son was incarcerated and alive rather than free and en route for Syria. If they had agreed to welcome him home, it's because they sincerely believe he's made a mistake and won't try to leave again. Well, they're great, great parents, of course. 
Absolutely. Boy, let's stick with that. This is what happened. The Normandy Church, this is what happened. The public prosecutor declares that arguments not very convincing, adding, however much he claims he's made an error and asked for a second chance, there's a very strong risk he's going to do the same thing again if he's freed. However, the prosecutor's appeal against Kermish's release order was thrown out by a second court, and he left jail on 18 March. The terms of – oh, wait a second. Oh, hold up. Somebody somebody help me with this. I'm, I'm struggling with something. So we want to take in a bunch of people – refugees from war-torn areas, they're Muslim, we want to take them in to this country? Well, this guy is, is from there, and, we're, and they, he's in the system multiple times, and they can't keep him there? They can't protect this priest, this 86-year-old priest, and these other parishioners? They can't see when they have it all in front of them? That this guy's a danger? I got a newsflash for you. The guy, the people that are coming by the hundreds of thousands into uh, Europe and into the United States, we don't know who they are either. But this guy was even in the system, and they didn't keep him there. They said, look, the deal, the deal is, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to have an electronic bracelet, and you're going to have to live at your parents' home and only go out in the local area between 8.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. on weekdays. Well, no offense, but that's a lot. If that's house arrest, I don't know. I, that's awesome. Because he could go out between 8.30 and 12.30. He's already said he's not a big fan of waking up early for the morning prayer, so pfft, saved on that. Stefan Lefolle, spokesman for the socialist government, said he was in favor of an evaluation of electronic tagging of terror suspects. The former president, Nicolas Sarkozy, accused Hollande of being out of touch and called for the detention or electronic tagging of all those suspected of being Islamic militants, even those who have not committed an offense. Only seven people awaiting trial on terror charges and six who have been condemned on terrorist-related offenses are currently free on conditional release and fitted with electronic bracelets in France. Would you like me to say that again? Only seven people awaiting trial on terror charges and six who have been condemned on terrorist-related offenses are currently free on conditional release and fitted with electronic bracelets in France. Wow, you know, I'd go, ki- I'd go commit more jihad. I would if I didn't have this bracelet. If I didn't have this, I, I don't even know. This has stopped me from everything, quite frankly. This little bracelet around me, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. What can I do? I, I can't. This bracelet, I can't leave the house, this bracelet. It's this pain in the neck. First of all, it's ugly. doesn't look good. It's not designed very pretty. He's saying it as though these people are saying, oh, there's only seven awaiting trial on terror charges and six who have actually already been condemned on terrorist offenses. So six and seven, what's that, 13, currently free on conditional release with these little bracelets. And wow, don't you feel better? France? Well, it's only seven and six. It's not bad. Of the 285 
suspects formally put under investigation in terror cases, 264 are being held in prison. <laughs> and there's serious concerns that French prisons may be a breeding ground for radicalization. Guess what? That's how. That is how. Oh, good. I'll tell you what. Bill has a great idea. Great idea. No terrorist zone signs might help. That's no terrorist zones. That's a great idea. No guns, no knives, no big trucks, no axes, because we know there's been several axe murders. We can, none of that. No pistol, no guns, no trucks, no what else? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, none. You just have that sign. That's all you really need. Prison's a breeding ground. Prison is a breeding ground. But, you know, welcome to America. I've put a lot of people in prison, and I can tell you I've visited a lot of prisoners. And I can t- from, from the lowest, smallest prison all the way up to the baddest prison. And I can tell you there's so much uh, Muslim conversion there. It's the number one source of recruitment in the United States. Great, they're already criminals. Why not? Oh, we can't. No, we can't have fertilizer or diesel fuel. We can't have that either. So your plants are going to die, and you can't drive your truck. Good luck. On Wednesday evening, as the questions and criticism raged, Halal led a mass homage to Father Hamel at Notre Dame Cathedral, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, and security was stepped up once more across the country. Once more, are you people idiots? Once more, you've been attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked just in the past three weeks. Are you kidding me? Ramped up? It should never be stopped at all. Stepped up. Once more. We're really mad now. And let me tell you something. These vigils that these people are having... Let's stop with these silly vigils and peace marches and all that. You're just wasting my time. You're wasting my time with all that mess. That's just a mess. That's that's stupid stuff. That's people wanting to feel good and unity marches and all this stuff, like the Black Lives Matter business. Listen, we don't want to be unifying with anybody. We don't need to be holding hands with anybody. No way. No way. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, and they are bent on ruining America. And they're bent just like the, the woman who I think she needs to learn. She needs to learn that you're not fully dressed until a bra covers your breast. Do you see this video of this woman? She's on top of a pickup, which I know Lowe's or Home Depot was rented from one of those. She's on there uh, with the little, and telling people, you know, whites to the back, white press to the back. This is a black and brown skin event. You're supportive of us. That's great. But you're in the back. You go to the back. We're representing brown and black. And oh, by the way, there were tons of white people there, easily college pukes, talking about, you know, and and the white privilege. Good Lord. These homage and all these things people do, these little candle deals and putting the thing, and, and they want to help hold hands and have some sort of march? No. You rock and roll. You rock and roll on these folks. You rock and roll on these people. You regulate. Mm-mm. 
Go ahead and step across the street. Go ahead. Homage, lighting a bunch of candles, like that's something. Stop or I'll say stop louder. Please, if we could just talk to you. If we could just talk to you. Listen, Fareed Zakaria, he, um, I'm going to try to get him on the show. I sent him an email. Uh, he seems he seems amenable to it. Uh, I don't know if he can because there's some prohibition. Some CNN people can't go on uh, other types of things if they're on a contract. They have some limitations, and I respect that. I'm not going to get him in any sort of t- trouble, but he's a grown man. He's a smart guy. Uh, he did a – why do they hate us, it's called. It was on CNN. I couldn't believe it. Uh, uh, you know, I was watching it going, what? I thought I was going to pick this apart. I thought this was going to be a terrible, terrible show. Guess what? It was awesome. He told the truth. You can't talk to these people. While you love life, we love death. And we won't stop until we kill you. We don't mind dying. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it 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 defies, it boggles. I I don't know how to unboggle my mind right now. My mind is boggled. The interior, I I can't even. I don't think I can read it. The interior minister Bernal Casanu said the police force's operation. I'm not kidding you. Police force's operational reserve would be increased up to 25 after 2,500 people volunteered to join up following the Nice attack, and more anti-terror forces would be deployed outside Paris. You know what you do? You're good citizens. Set up some firearms training, and not the Muslims. They're not allowed. He said, well, that's, that's, tar- that's, that's targeting and profiling and whatever other name we can think of. That's not. That's racist. That's, that's bigotry. Catch a, catch a drift on this. Catch a, catch a drift on this. Folks, let the good citizens have a gun. And these suckers running around wanting to cut somebody's head off, news flash. Boom, boom. Hey, get that mess out of my floor. Somebody clean up. Clean up on aisle five. You want to rob somebody? You want to put a knife in somebody's neck? Boom, boom. Not killing anybody else. Now in Cannes, they're, uh, the French Riviera, they're announcing they're banning large bags or cases on the beach. Wow. In Saint-Étienne-du-Rivet, shocked locals left candles, flowers, and messages outside the local mairie. I guess mall, whatever. Uh, several lamented that the town of 27,000 inhabitants had been a place of peace between religions, citing the local Yahia Mosque built on land ceded by the nuns at the saint Therese Church for the symbolic sum of one pound or whatever. Let me, can I just, one franc, can I just say this? They didn't, they didn't cede it. It was taken. Come on, suckers. It's exactly right. Philly Bob, it's the number one religion that's being taught in prison is Islam. And so now, Frederic Tron, a Rouen psychologist, set up a, a crisis center and, and said, lots of people have come and said, Ooh, we're really afraid. This is, I'm afraid. We never thought such a thing could happen to them. And now it's happened. It's so terrible. I've got so much anguish and widespread insecurity. Oh, my lands. Come on, Europe. 
Come on, Europe, double tap. Train some folks, not Muslims. Kick them, kick them out. It's the same thing. You know, people want to get mad. Donald Trump, he was uh, he was severely criticized for all this that the, that they should limit uh, or temporarily suspend the immigration of certain ethnic groups, nationalities, or even people of certain religions, which Muslims, Islam. You know, hey, let's stop. And we said, this is terrible. This is un-American. That's not who we are. That's dumb, stupid, reckless, dangerous, racist. Congressman and senator said, we're never going to allow that. Obama jumps in and says, oh, you do that. That's, in, that's that. You prohibit, on, uh, on, uh, prohibit immigration. That's unconstitutional. What would he know? Well, too late. Selective immigration bans already law, and it's been applied on several occasions. Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952. You ready? The McCarran-Walter Act allows for the suspension of entry or imposition of restrictions by the president. Whenever the president finds that the entry of aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, the president may, by proclamation and for such a period as shall be necessary, suspend the entry of aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants, or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem appropriate. Guess who used it? I know. Shocked as I am, Democrats. McCarran and Walter were Democrats, and this act was utilized by Jimmy Carter, 1979, to keep Iranians out of the United States. But he actually did more. He made all Iranian students that were already here check in, and then he deported a whole bunch of them. 7,000 were found in violation of their visas. 15,000 Iranians were forced to leave the United States in 79. Isn't that something? Let me tell you something. Every, every Muslim should be forbidden to be in the United States because if they swear allegiance to the United States Constitution, they are violating their religion. They're violating their mandate. They can't swear allegiance to the Constitution because that's against their religion. I'm sorry to tell you. It, it, it is the faith. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me how sensitive folks are about it. It's reality. Former anti-terrorism judge Mark Trevedic said on Wednesday he had put Kermish under investigation and warned that, this, that his case was not unique. I was faced with someone who was determined to leave. I could never imagine he would kill a priest in his church, but his case was typical of an individual who wants to leave at any price, but whom we use legal means to stop. So they take their revenge by bringing jihad to France. I've got a news flash for this French nut job. He's an anti-terrorism judge, this guy, Mark Trevedic. You've got to be kidding me. You're in the wrong job. You are in the wrong job. If that, if I, I could never imagine he would kill a priest. Really? Because that's who they want to kill. I told this church that I was standing in. They, you know, they were on one kind of speech, and I said, listen, you're at you're significant risk. Risk. They get here, that's where they go. They go to churches, and they go to, I told a good friend of mine, uh, their child is in Christian school. I said, listen, needs to be a game plan. There needs to be a game plan because your kid is in Christian school. Does that Christian school have a plan if there's a terrorist attack there? Is there anybody there with a gun? 
Anybody there know what to do? Do you have a game plan? Have you taught your child what to do when when she hears pops? Well, that must be fireworks. That must be some sort of celebration. Stop saying that. Because while you're standing around going, I can't imagine they would ever kill a priest, they're dead. Christian schools and churches, folks, they can't wait to come into where you live and kill you. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You watch the Democrat National Convention, and you realize these people are probably going to be president unless we do something serious. And Because here's how it works. You know how these people work. DNC chair, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she's a nut job. She's a flat-out nut job. God bless her. She recovered from cancer. I'm, you know, hey, good for you. Good for you. But the woman isn't right in her head. And she's a Democrat. I hate to be redundant. So she gets fired for lying and cheating and, 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 and stacking the deck against Bernie Sanders. I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders at all. But if he's a Democrat, she's a Democrat chair running against Hillary. So she gets fired from her job as Democrat National Con- uh, Convention chair. Well, there's only one problem with that. Hillary Clinton quickly smashed her up. Hey, you're a terrible person. Would you like a job? Blanca at LibertyAlliance.com did a a, a, a a cartoon with that with that very same thing. I was fired for lying, cheating, and stacking the deck against Bernie. And Hillary looks at her and says, "You're despicable. You want a job?" And she hired her. These are this is the same group that doesn't have American flags at the convention. This is the party of treason. This is the party of they're not going to protect you. There were American flags at the flag burnings outside, but not in the arena. But inside the arena, there's terror flags like the Palestinian flag of jihad and communist flags. But you didn't see any Palestinian flags at the Republican National Convention. They're not hiding anymore, folks. The protesters burning the Israeli flags at the DNC convention. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. <laughs> These are, this is the party. This is the people that, you know, and, there, and there's people waving the Palestine, Palestinian flags, burning Israeli flags, burning American flags. Maybe that's why. You know what? I didn't think about that. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I didn't think of it until just now. Maybe that's why there were no flags inside the DNC convention, because they were too busy burning them outside the convention. You know, it's illegal to burn a flag. You can't set anything on fire outside without a permit. You have to have a permit. But for some reason, we say, well, that's their, that's their civil rights. Not to burn something outside, it's not. What they do when they ran out of American flags? They burnt, burnt, they burnt Bernie signs. That's what they did. Hey, how about how about uh, Bill Clinton's speech last night? Erwin Evans. He's a guy that's uh, he's on my friends list, and he uh, but so, he was in a, a group, and this came from the group. I don't know who wrote it. I would I would give that, but th- these are these are a list of things missing from 
Bill Clinton's speech last night. It was a touching speech last night from Bill Clinton, Democrat National Convention, as he reminisces about his lifelong walk with Hillary. I am sure it was unintentional, but Bill forgot a few key issues as they walked down together on this path of love. As a young woman, when Hillary worked for one of Arkansas's largest and most prestigious law firms, she was terminated due to unethical practices, which maybe Bill forgot. Along this love walk was a never-ending string of, of affairs perpetrated by Bill, several of whom brought lawsuits stretching from his time in Arkansas, D.C., and New York. His lovely wife, Hillary, attempted to cover them up and then humiliated and diminished the abused women. No mention of the numerous never-ending scandals that fo- faced both Hillary and Bill during his presidency. Travelgate, that was the illegal firing of staff and false statements to investigators. Vince Foster's death, illegal removal of documents from his White House office. Whitewater, illegal accounting practices costing taxpayers $73 million. Craig Livingstone, illegal FBI file leaks. Charles Tree, John Huang, and Johnny Chung, all convicted of finance violations or illegal contributions to the Clinton. Rose Law Firm scandal, interference with a federal investigation. The running of the White House Lincoln bedroom for personal gain and financial contributors. Pardongate, the release of convicted tax evader who was a major Clinton contributor. The removal of White House furnishings, $250,000, that's all, which embarrassingly the Clintons were forced to return upon their departure from the White House, just to name a few. Monica Lewinsky, you know enough about that. Impeachment. He got impeached. And Hillary, as usual, diminished and humiliated Monica Lewinsky, driving her thoughts of suicide. Hillary openly lied about being under sniper fire with her daughter at Bosnia Airport. Benghazi, our ambassador, and three other Americans, they're dead now because Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, was negligent and disregarded the police for help. Email scandal. The FBI concluded there was neglect on Hillary's part with the use of a private, unauthorized, and illegal email server with the removal of 30,000 sensitive and or classified emails. Attorney General uh, Loretta Lynch meets Bill Clinton on a private plane directly before the FBI comes to an indictment decision on the email scandal. Speaking fees reaching into hundreds of thousands of dollars per speech to groups and governments whereby Hillary would then owe favors. The Clinton Foundation, where did this money come from? We're talking over $100 million they've accumulated in personal wealth. What was it used for? How did, they, how, how did these people who are now no longer in public service, now how do they accumulate over $100 million in personal wealth? By being public servants for a lifetime? Come on! Well, when we left the White House, we were broke. More email controversy at the Democrat National Convention. Special treatment and favoritism, forcing the DNH, the, the Democrat National head, to step down. And, and, and Hillary immediately hires her. He, Bill must have overlooked that. But this is what the Democrat National Convention, this is what they stand for. Hey, illegal aliens, we're violating the law, but come on up here. Put your kid up here. And and you, you just go ahead and say that you are um, that, that 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 you are afraid that your mama not going to be mama, mama. Where's my mama? When you come home from school, which we pay for, well, if mom's not home, you think that she's been taken because that's what we do here. We we run around and we round up mama uh, who's an illegal alien and, and we ship ship her off. That's what we do. You know who else we put up on stage? Cop killers, mothers. That's what we do. We put we put uh, Trayvon Martin was killed uh, righteously. 
he wasn't killed by a cop, but you know what? He was killed righteously. We went ahead and ruined that guy's life. And then, and then Michael Brown's mother. We went ahead and ruined uh, uh, Darren Wilson's. Uh, we, we ruined his life, too. He can't get a job. He's feared for his life. Hands up, don't shoot. wasn't true. Her, her, her kid was a scumbag and deserved to die. All these corrupt officials giving speeches after the biggest scandal since Watergate, and everybody pretends nothing happened. Oh, no, it's no big deal. Really, seriously, no big deal. Ah, much to do about nothing. Much to do about nothing. All these protests outside, no media coverage. Unbelievable. And look around and see if you can see an American flag. Somebody sent me a message a couple minutes ago and said, well, yeah, when they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, they light up the screen, and that's the flag. Wow. Again, I think they just burn them all outside. Bunch of communist propaganda, bunch of inequality speeches, bunch of, bunch of lies about Trump, bunch of race baiting, and a whole bunch of cop hating. There's a meme going around social media. Meet the mothers of the young men who died at the hands of police, and I quote, who were welcome to speak at the DNC. There's only one problem with that. Now there's another picture, and there's all these women with the big red flower on, and they're all dressed up and righteously indignant. Now the picture underneath is meet the wives of, and children of the slain police officers who died at the hands of thugs who were welcome to speak at the DNC. That's reality, folks, because there was nobody. There's no police presence. There was no, hey, you know, we honor you. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. They, they, they say, until all white people and all law enforcement are eradicated from the face of the earth, nothing will ever be enough for the Black Lives Matter thuggery movement. Shannon Loftus posted a uh, post on October 11, 2015. Boy, she knew what was coming, didn't she? University of California at Berkeley, I know, you're shocked. Student and Black Lives Matter activist Blake Simmons threatened America. For the record, his threat could be construed as a call to violence, which is a felony. Well, regardless, Simmons, Deputy Communications Director for African Black Co- Coalition, made his bold-faced threat. The United States has failed us. It is time we demand a new constitution or tell America she will get the bullet. In his piece entitled A New Constitution or the Bullet. Nothing like a little freedom at the open end of a barrel, huh? Yes, and we means blacks only, by the way. And he apparently this really smart college student thinks the black people as non-American. You know, maybe he does think of black people as non-Americans or something. Because he makes no sense. He's just an idiot, she goes on to say. According to Simons, our nation was founded on white slave-holding rapist bigots, he says. It is our human right to defend ourselves by any means necessary. Yeah, well, newsflash, that goes both ways. Moron. Simons also says that such defense of themselves demands they overthrow the government. Well, good luck with that. You're already deeply involved in the government, been invited to the White House because you're so good. We have to have a dialogue. We have to sit down together and talk about our differences. It's a very real problem here in America. Bunch of thugs. They hide their faces behind ski masks and paper bags. Wow, you're really something. 
Hey, I want to ask you something really quick as we close the show. Remember Bring Back Our Girls? You remember, you remember the, uh, the White House's official response, you know, Michelle Obama? And she has that's her and she has this sad face on. Now you bring hashtag bring back our girls. You want to know what happened in that time? Charlotte Alfred, uh, Alfred uh, associate world editor of the Huffington Post, and released on AP. This is on the night of April. You, some of you might not remember this. On the night of April 14, 2014, hundreds of schoolgirls at Chibok boarding school in northeastern Nigeria woke to the sound of gunfire. They saw men in camouflage approaching. They thought soldiers were coming to save them from a militant attack. Instead, more than 270 of the schoolgirls found themselves in the clutches of the Islamic militant group Boko Haram. Their abduction sparked global outrage and a huge campaign calling for their rescue, partly propelled by the hashtag Bring Back Our Girls. Sunday marks five months since the girls were kidnapped. Now, this was September 19th. It was updated September 19th, 2014. So that's years ago. Nothing's changed since, except a bunch of them have been found dead, having been forced into sex slavery, used up, and then murdered. Not one student has been re- uh, rescued. Not one. In the first days after the abduction, 57 of the girls managed to escape from their captors, but no one has, else has escaped or been rescued since then, even though they were reportedly located. In May, a Nigerian military official claimed he knew where the girls were being held. A month later, U.S. Civilian, uh, surveillance planes also spotted a group that officials to believe believed to be the girls. Stephen Davis, an Australian clerk and mediator, said in June that a deal to free the girls had fallen apart three different times in one month. He says that powerful people with vested interests are working to sabotage a deal, and then he has accused Nigerian politicians of funding Boko Haram. Nigeria's government has defended its approach to the crisis and warned that a rescue effort might risk the girls' lives. Really, let's not go get them because they might die. According to the Associated Press, it took more than two weeks for Nigeria to accept offers of international assistance to find the schoolgirls. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. They're still locked up. I can't believe it. Don't they know that Michelle Obama, who now all of a sudden says she's proud to live in America, what are we, what's all this make America great again talk? I don't know what that's all about because it's as though they haven't been living in America because America is great. Barack has made it great. But now all of a sudden, it's it's great. But not too long ago, she was ashamed to be in America. She was ashamed. I guess all those $100 million worth of vacations and all that stuff, I guess that's helped her. Feels a little better. Nothing. This is what she does. This is what she does. I got a bunch more stuff I could talk about, but you know what? We're out of time. Hey, thank you for sticking with me. I am I am terribly sorry uh, that uh, Doctor Gorka had had to uh, had his other thing. I don't blame the guy. TV's where he makes his money, and he's not getting paid by me, so uh, he's got to do that. He's got to feed his family just like everybody else does. So thank you for joining us anyway. Listen, I appreciate it. We're um, we're going to go out with uh, Kay Rivoli. Freedom is not free. Thank you for joining us. If you wake up in the morning. 
In a land where you are free You should think about the ones who fought Protecting liberty You should fly a flag in honor Of the price they had to pay Yes, every day throughout this land Should be Memorial Day Some gave all, they paid the price For freedom's here, they sacrificed They gave their lives for you and me Their graves remind us, freedom's not free If you watch your children playing In a land where freedom reigns In a land of purple majesty Above the fruited plains You should tell them of the soldiers Who had courage and were brave And fought in wars and battles To ensure all glory ways For some gave They paid the price For freedom's here They sacrificed They gave their lives For you and me Their graves remind us Freedom's not free 